great commission, and we got to make disciples. And, uh, you know, how we make disciples is uh, mainly by the way we live. Mainly by the way we live, not the way we talk. Because talk is one thing, but if we're exercising what we speak, it'll, it'll speak volumes. You know, my job is not to change your life. My job is to share the gospel. Only God can change your life. Only God. You know, um, you know. I, I always remember um, as I was working for a, a company, and, and I was, uh, I had there was interns in the in the in the business there, and this intern was leaving, and he came up to me and he told me, "Hey, Kalani, uh, can I speak with you privately?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." And uh, he was a Mormon. Okay. And, you know, God, God don't dif differentiate what, what denomination you're in. But the reason I brought that up is because, you know, the Mormons are always out there. They're very diligent, very diligent. You know, and, and but what this guy wanted to talk to me about was that he saw how much I love God. He said, I see that you're so passionate about what you believe. I see it. And I hear you talking about it. He said, but what amazes me is that you never try to convince nobody. You n I never try to convince somebody because it's not, I don't think it's my responsibility to try to convince you. I think my responsibility is to speak the word and let the word convince you based upon what I live what I do, all my actions, you know. So our walk is very important. In fact, it's even more important than our talk, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about something totally different. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why I brought it up, but evidently I needed to uh, because that was not what my focus was going to be on. But, you know, we, we came out of a season uh, just recently um, that promoted something totally opposite from what God promotes. We came out of a season of chaos, came out of a season of fear. Until today, there's still remnants of that fear trickling around our communities, around our families. Uh, you know, even, even our country, even our country, this great country that uh, no matter what uh, one may believe, it was founded upon God. It was founded upon God. Whether you want to believe it or not, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what I know and what I believe is that this country this great nation was founded upon God. There was a battle, and people were trying to tell uh, people how to serve God. You know, and, and, and the, the people broke away from England and came here 
because they wanted to serve God the way they wanted to. And that's why we have our Constitution. You know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, uh, you know. And that's what we founded on. You know, the forefathers, there is more than four, but they always call it forefathers. But anyway, um, that's no here, no there. But, but they, they, they were wise. They were so wise ahead of their time because they, they created this constitution that's still going on today. Almost like this word of God. It's still going on. People try to destroy the word of God, but, it, but it's like that energizing bunny. You can get them licking, but it keep on ticking. Okay? And that's what I like our constitution. You know, our, our constitution allows us to, to serve God the way we choose, freedom of religion. Um, it allows us the opportunity that we can gather together peacefully. Because as we gather to learn the word of God, there, there is no upheaval. There is no violence. And so our forefathers knew all about this. And, and, and today, um, maybe that's where the 200 years came from. <laughs> uh, today, uh, uh, we, we enjoy. We enjoy in these freedoms. But you know, the, the freedom did not come freely. There's men and women that paid the price that we can live in a free country. We can live in a free country. Um, you know, people come from far away places to enter legally and illegally into the United States. You know, if, if you had an opportunity to uh, uh, go to a foreign country, you'll realize why they gamble to come into this country illegally. You'll realize if you had an opportunity to see how other countries treat their people and their living conditions, you, you realize that they're desperate. They're desperate to live a life that we take for granted. A life that we take for granted. As citizens of the United States of America, we take this freedom we have for granted. Because, to be honest, we're a bunch of whiners. Man, I can't believe it. The internet's not working. Are you serious? You know, I, I, the things that we complain about, it's just mind-blowing. But, you know, we came out of that. We came, we came out of that season struggling where, you know, at first uh, the churches were afraid to meet because there was this COVID-19 that was coming about and, and our God could not protect us. Our God could not protect us from COVID-19. What amazing. What amazing. Somebody told me, you should follow the laws of the land. You should not have, uh, you should not be going to church. And then I sent them the First Amendment word for word where it said that we can assemble and worship God the way we want. I serve a God that protects me. The song we sang, 
No weapon shall be formed. No weapon. Uh, it comes out of, uh, I think, Isaiah. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. No weapon. No weapon. So COVID-19 was, was uh, coming across the country, the world, and it was taking down people. Still debatable if, if the COVID-19 or the procedures. But anyway, I'm not a politician. But, you know, when I, when I sent that message to this person that was trying to tell me that I can't gather together and worship God, and I sent them our First Amendment, which is the ultimate, our Constitution is the ultimate law that we should live by. I got no, nothing in response. Nothing in response. It was like crickets. Because there's nothing to come back. See, that Constitution was made years ago to protect us today. God knew that this country, the United States of America, that everybody dreams of coming to, was now trying to operate in fear, trying to make everybody fear. But you know, God is awesome. God is such an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns forever. But even that's not what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> but 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 it's it's coming to where I want to be today with with all of us, you know. You know, like I said, we came out of a, a time where fear was in the forefront of everybody's mind. The fear of getting COVID. You know, and, and uh, I, I remember speaking out of um, Isaiah 41. Okay, and Isaiah, I'm going to read Isaiah 41, 10 through 15. And it says here, fear not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yeah, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, of God's righteousness. Behold, all they that all that they that were incest against these shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be nothing, and they shall strive with thee, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them, even them that contended with you. They that war against you shall be nothing, and as things of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, thou worm of Jacob, and ye men of Israel. There's some powerful words right there. Fear not, thou worm of Jacob. That word worm is so helpless. You ever saw a worm defend itself? 
you know, a worm cannot defend himself. And that's why that word is used there. Fear not, thou worm of Jesus, uh, Jacob. You know, when I first read this, I'm like, they must have misspelt the word. But as you study what a worm is, it's just like a piece of metal. And ye men of Israel, and I will help thee, says the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thrust the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. Woo! If that don't get you excited, it'll check your pulse. Okay. So, fear not appears a bunch of times here. Okay? Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. So I'm thinking we should not fear. I could be wrong. But I'm just thinking we should not fear. As we read these words, we should understand that, that when we apply it to our trials or our worries, it's something that we should not be dealing with. You know, we, we, we all have, at times, different situations that arise in our lives. But the Lord God says, fear not. The first and foremost is God's presence is always with us. You know, we, we all grew up with a best friend. Is that right? Maybe not. Maybe a worse friend. Maybe somebody that we thought was a friend, but they were a backstabber. But anyway, we grew up with, with people. We grew up with people that, that we trusted, you know, whether it's family or, or friends, you know. But as you read this verses, you, you realize that God's our companion. God is our companion under all circumstances, everything. Everything. He's a companion. And, and you know what that translates to? That we are guaranteed safety and deliverance in every situation. Because he said, fear not for I am with thee. And if you study the word, there is no time that darkness could appear when God showed up. There is no time. Because light illuminates darkness. There is no way. No way. Okay? God's desire to have a relationship with us is so strong. It's so strong. You know, earlier I had said that that God, God is willing to tear down any obstacle that is between us and him. He will tear down. He says in these verses that I read, he said, be not dismayed for I am thy God. He will keep us no matter what. You know, you know when I think of, of, of um, God's protection, um, it always takes me, or it brings my mind to this verse here. It's in the Bible. 
And it's in verse 23, Matthew. Matthew 23, verse 37. And, and, and I envision this when it says, O Israel, O Israel, thou that killest the prophets and stones them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hand gathereth its chickens under her wings. You know, and, and if you ever saw that, you know, whenever any threat comes to the baby chick, the mother hen would always fluff up her wings and cover every single chick that she had. And that's what God does for us. If you want to see a visual, that's what he does. You know, every time I, I read about how he, he is our God and he's our redeemer and he's our protector, I envision that. That there's nothing can come against me because I'm in the fold of his feathers. I'm in the fold of his feathers. You know, he said, I am thy God and he will keep us. And he's our protector. And he is the protector of all that he loves. And remember, he loves you. He loves you to the extent of death. And not only death, but resurrection. Resurrection. You know, God promised his strength in these passages here to give us. He'll give us. God actually imparts the ability or his strength within us. You know, he, he did that. He keeps us from stumbling. You know, I was talking to uh, Melissa about one of the songs we sang, uh, I, I, I See a Victory, See a Victory. You know, and, and I'm, I'm in this, this, this uh, mindset of words, I'm sorry. Uh, words are very important. Um, if I speak defeat, I will be defeated. If I speak victory, I will see victory. Jesus said in his, in his word, he said, whatsoever you say to the mountain. You see, he didn't say whatsoever I say to the mountain. Is Jesus speaking? No, he said whatsoever you say to the mountain. So the responsibility of speaking to that mountain now becomes our responsibility. He empowered us. It says here in 15, Behold, I will make thee a sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh mountains and beat them small. How many have had problems? We, we, we all have a little bit of issues, some big, some small. But it says here, says, behold, I will make thee a sharp threshing instrument, and you're going to tear down mountains. You're going to tear down mountains. You're going to tear down mountains. Not God. See, in the time of, of his deliverance of Israel out of Egypt, <coughs> excuse me, we got to understand there is an external experience that Israel was experiencing. 
But today, it's a different matter. We have an internal experience. That God that was, that fire that was following them, that cloud that was following them, that manna that was coming down, now dwells in us. It dwells in us. We have that fire. We have that cloud. We are empowered. God has given us all power to cast down every situation that tries to hinder our work and our walk with him. He has empowered us. So it's not, and I'm not to say that we don't pray to God. That's, that's no way what I'm talking about. But too many times we use some scriptures, say, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And it reminds me of a, a, a story where this uh, place flooded. And uh, the guy was on the roof of his house. And this guy came by with a boat. And he said, hey, jump on. He said, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. And then this helicopter came by and, and told him, grab a hold of the rope. And he said, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. And unfortunately, the water rose to where the guy drowned. And he went to see God. And he told God, why? Why had you not saved me? He said, I sent you a boat, and I sent you a helicopter. See, too many times we wait on the Lord when we ourselves should be directing it. See, he empowered us. He empowered us with power from on high. I didn't say that. That's what his word says. You know, I don't know. You know. You know, when Paul got bitten by the snake, people was watching him. He's in God. He's in God. Then they, whoa, he didn't die. What the heck? All he did was shake it up and threw it in the fire. You see, whatever's leeching onto you, all you got to do is shake it off. Throw it in the fire. No weapon shall be formed. They can form. COVID-19 is all about us, but it won't prosper on my body. John G. Lake, I shared this a while back. John G. Lake was at the time of the bubonic plague in Africa. And he was walking around like this, you know, and all the scientists was all covered up, just like they are now with COVID-19. And they said, hey, Dr. Lake, you know how to pray? He said, no. He said, I live under the laws of the life of Jesus Christ. The science is like, yeah, right, whatever. What does that mean? So he said, okay. He said, you know that the bluebronic bacteria lives outside of the body for a certain amount of time. So he said, put it on my hand. And they thought he was crazy. Okay. And so the moment they put it on his hand, it died. It died. Because why? He lives under the laws of the life of Jesus Christ. We today live under the laws of the life of Jesus Christ. It's either real or it's not. But I know it's real. I've experienced it. I've seen it. I've tasted it. 
And it is here. It is here. That's who dwells in you. That's who dwells in us. There's no way. We fear not. Because the great and mighty God that created all of heaven and all earth is on our side. But you know what is greater than he's on our side? He is in us. He is in each and every one of us. So there's no fear. There's no condemnation. Because that's who we are. He loved us enough to give us something that he's already desired when he created Adam and Eve. When he created Adam and Eve, it wasn't for Adam and Eve to experience death, but it was for Adam and Eve to experience life. But you see, they took their eyes off of God. Can you imagine walking in coolness of day with God? That's what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve was walking in the coolness of day and just having communion with God. You know? And that's what we have today. Because we're redeemed back to that time. We're redeemed back to that time where now we can walk in full confidence with God in the coolness of day, in the rain, in the heat of Arizona. God is with us. God is with us. It's all I got. It's all I got, but remember, remember that same sweet spirit that rose Christ from the dead is now dwelling in each and every one of us. We cannot be defeated. The only way we are defeated is when we allow ourselves to be defeated. When we allow ourselves to take off our eyes off of Jesus, we can be defeated. But as long as we understand who we are in Christ Jesus, there is no time or place that we can ever be defeated.